Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Disgeltic Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Hello, good sir. How's it going on what I think is Thursday, or so I'm told. I've been told it is Thursday as well. Ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the Plifford Cumber himself, Zilius. It's good to see you through the tubes, sir. Indubitably. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the, the Thursday Night Hangout. This is a weekly, weekly live show where we try our best to cover the topics most important to you while with you during the show. If you haven't submitted your topic, question, or opinion have no fear all you have to do is drop it in the chat and we will add it to the list of the show if we unfortunately do run out of time we will add it to the very beginning of the next week's show without further ado uh let's jump into it the first one of course has to deal with uh fun great news for me i don't know zealies have you ever watched uh love death and robots i have not Netflix? i know that you're a big fan of it though oh it's phenomenal it's, it's basically uh, a series of shorts uh, that are uh, written and directed by big name um, um, artists, or sorry, directors or authors. Some of the authors that they have are John Scalzi, which we actually talked about last week, um, which is kind of interesting, uh, Neil Asher and Michael Swanwick. And then, of course, the directors, or sorry, the, the executive producers, uh, you have David Fincher, who's the director behind uh, Zodiac 7 and Fight Club, just to name a few. Uh, and then, of course, the Deadpool director, Tim Miller. And then serving as a supervising director is Jennifer U. Nelson, who, of course, for, I guess, <laughs> she's got quite a few titles to her name because she's she's done a bunch of just stuff. But for me, the, the quick takeaway is she directed Kung Fu Panda 2 and 3, which I've watched a shit ton. Is that because that's your own personal treasure or because you're kids? I'll, I'll go with both. How about that? Both? both? All right. Fair enough. Both? Okay, so anyways, um, uh, I don't know if they've actually listed how many episodes this next one's going to have. Uh, the first one had uh, like a shit ton of them. The second season had, I think, nine? And this one has ten? Or maybe, no, sorry. Uh, second season was eight. This one was nine. I love all of them. They're so cool. Like... Some are live action, some are uh, CG, some are more like artistic, and they're all, I don't know, just, just good. I mean, really good. Someday I will get around to watching it, but it's pretty far down in my anime list. Speaking of anime, has anyone seen uh, the new Tekken uh, Bloodlines that just dropped on uh, Netflix? There's a Tekken Bloodlines new anime on yes. Netflix? Yes, and I have to say, I don't. I mean, it looked cool until the end. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I hate when they're like, oh, we're going to do this cool thing. I'm like, okay, cool. And then it's like, I think it was like seven episodes long, which first of all, seven, really weird number. Uh, two, um, the ending, I'm just kind of like, okay. So, wow, that that's that's it, huh? Yes, like I watched the. Like I, I, I accidentally binged all seven in one day today. That, that's impressive. Thank you. Okay. So, um, so those are the two Netflix things I can think of off the top of my head. But since we're talking about Netflix, let's talk about Warner Brothers Discovery and their wonderful revolving, or I guess, shutting of doors as they continue to remove uh, titles instead of just canning them or shelving them before anyone could see them they're now uh they're taking away 37 titles uh, including 25 of them uh, that are animated from the um uh 
uh, HBO Max. Uh, I, w- I don't want to read you the entire list because I'm going to be totally honest with you. Titles? Huh? You don't want to read 37 titles for fun? No, I don't. And to be totally honest with you, I don't recognize like most of them. So I'm just going to go short. Okay. So Aquaman, King of Atlantis, gone. Um, the one I was really interested in, Infinity Train, which of course, if I were to ever have had HBO Max, I would have, that's the one show I would have watched, but it, I wasn't like, I have to have this. Um, but yeah, the rest of them, I have no idea. I mean, it's sort of open door of all of the streaming services, basically. It's just content kind of comes and goes. Yeah, but Unless not, not, like- not this kind of exodus. I mean, for a while there, Netflix was losing like that many shows every month when they started not renewing the um, subscriptions. Yeah, but that was every, we're talking, that's every month. And there would be like, I don't think there's 37 shows that Netflix lost, all from the same distributor. But also sounds like the titles aren't really that big of a deal anyways that they seem to have lost in the first place. Well, I'm going to be told, looking at these titles, I'm going to guess that a lot of it is kids stuff. I'm assuming. And now if you want kids shows, just get Disney Plus. Well, what? okay. So when asked about it, well, this, first of all, Disney Plus, they keep rolling out amazing new stuff. So I can't complain. Um, I have not watched by new- Disney, so it's not going to go away. I, I have not watched the new She-Hulk, nor have I watched Obi-Wan, nor have I watched, I think the Groot one started too. There's just so much freaking content. The wife and I are watching Sandman you on Netflix. Yet? I'm kind of surprised. Huh? I'm kind of surprised y'all haven't finished yet. Well, I mean, they're long-ass episodes, and we have to watch them before after the kiddos go down. So anyways... Um, WB has, I mean, WB did finally come out and talk about at least the removal of these and said, as we work towards bringing our content catalogs together under one platform, which makes it sound like they're making their own streaming service, we will be making changes to the content offering available on HBO Max and Discovery Plus. That will include the removal of some content from both platforms. 37 shows is some content? Oh. At the same time, we're already starting to bring our content catalogs together like the launch of the new CNN Originals Hub on Discovery Plus and curated collection of Magnolia Network under con- sorry, Magnolia Network content coming soon to HBO Max. Magnolia Network, I think it's like a home improvement thing. So these all mean nothing to me. Yeah, I don't <laughs> Unless it's basically Netflix or Amazon Prime, I honestly don't really care. Ooh. I mean, everything's become some, it's only going to become more fragmented, anyways. Like in this case, DC wanting to do their own. And that's because they want to, they don't want to profit share. They all want to have their own service where they make all the monies and they don't have to split it or give it out to somebody like HBO. I mean, that's what you've seen across the board for years now. Right. True. So we'll, you know, have 20 different streaming services instead of cable. Well, it's, it, we're, I mean, we're getting, this is kind of like, I guess, the only way we're going to get a la carte. In a well, way. in a way, a la carte is. I mean, I haven't had cable in a decade. I don't remember when I got, last had, time I had cable. I just know that my, my internet bill, which is by the cable company, thanks for that. Um, 
just got like it slashed in in third, and when now it's now it's almost back up to two thirds because they're <laughs> they're hiking up the the cost of internet. Of course. So, but anyways, I don't know. I just the the way the WB's been acting as of late has just been like really bizarre. The WB's, just no WB Warner Brothers. They're 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 uh, canning of at least two movies. Um, now they're removing. I don't know. I just and 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 I guess the sad part is that WB is the the driving force behind all the DC universe stuff, and DC can use all the help it can or and good PR thanks to uh, the Flash. Well, this is also the last basically year of the DCEU on, um, I don't know what channel it's on because I just see it on Netflix when it comes out, um, basically Arrowverse because they're ending Flash, the TV series, or it already has ended. I don't know which it is. I think they ended uh, it, I think. Yeah, I think they ended it. So it's Arrowverse is no more, um, which I personally love for the last, I think, 10 or so years since Arrow first came out. Right. Um and that was really, I would always, other than like a few movies, like the first Wonder Woman or Aquaman, for the most part, the TV series were better than the movies. Um, although the TV series got pretty trashy in some seasons, for sure. No doubt about that. And it was on more of a teen angst TV station, though. Oh, no, 100%. It definitely got very angsty um, at times. I mean, a number of the episodes, especially like in the era where the definition of if you just talked to the other person who's like your lover, then we would have basically forgotten this entire 40-minute storyline that we just had in this episode who was hurt by this thing that they thought they saw that wasn't true. If you just used your words, you would have solved a lot of problems. Um, They used that trope way too many times it got kind of old Fine. but that's how you get the teenage angsty in your tv series it's lack of communication <laughs> i mean it really is i mean that's most when you get down to it most teenage angsty shows it comes down to terrible communication skills and that's where they get the drama from of course of course but i've never watched any of the dc shows so i can't say jack Diddly. Though I'm, I'm assuming that the Supergirl series was good, maybe. I never actually, I didn't watch Supergirl. Um, having three of them, having Arrow, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow, that was enough DC in my life. I just wanted um, Constantine back. Well, he was in Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, which I know, was, I, that, was, that was cool that they let him basically jump over to his thing, but I liked his own show. He's a great actor too. Yeah, um, yeah. So he was—he did great in Legends of Tomorrow. He's a fun character, um, but he could definitely—he was definitely as far as acting skills go, he was by probably the best actor in the entire DCEU um, as far as the TV shows go. He definitely was a great actor and brought a lot to this TV screen. Yeah. So, you know, some actors just have that swagger and panache, and. He definitely did as John Constantine. Because some people, if they did John Constantine, it would have been like campy and not in a good way. Like the bad type of campy. 
Well, to be honest with you, most of DC's stuff on the big screen and small screen have been kind of campy. So yeah, but he did it. He did it in a way that actually brought some gravity to it in a good way. Yeah, um, he still had the moments of levity because it's that's what Legends Tomorrow was. But he was a phenomenal actor. He was definitely one of the better parts. Which, by the way, we're just we're, we're, he's he he's still with us. The way that Zelius is talking, he's like he's since passed, but well, yeah, John Constantine is somewhere in hell, probably. Let's be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, if you watch the the Keanu Reeves movie, uh, he is John Constantine is the one person that's that Satan himself would come up, or Lucifer himself would come up from hell to help escort back down. So we need is a Lucifer and Constantine crossover is what I'm hearing. So actually, interesting that you bring up the Lucifer show. Technically, uh, Sandman, the Lucifer and Sandman is in the same universe as Lucifer on the TV show. Now, Lucifer, I would love to see on that. Um, Because the and the other thing is that Constantine also crosses over. In the Sandman. Yeah, I guess Neil Gaiman actually had a voiceover. I don't know if I'd call it a cameo. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a voiceover in one of the episodes of Lucifer. So that was like the. Uh, Neil Gaiman. I mean, I knew it was Neil let's, Gaiman. Be, let's be honest. Serial. He's 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 amazing. I can't wait yeah, for his touches, other stuff. Hmm? No, everything he touches is gold. Um, I think you said it last week where he's one of the few creative artists that can both write really phenomenal books and do great screenplays and do like the actual TV. You know, you see a episode was written by him. You're like, Sweet. Um, and that just, not many people can do that. Well, I mean, he also, he also, I mean, this was, could this have been early nineties or early two thousands? There was a BBC TV show called uh, Neverwhere, which mm-hmm. was, it was a mini series. Phenomenal. Loved it. Uh, he, he's the guy behind Coraline. He's the guy behind, um, Stardust, which is a great movie as well. And he also wrote some episodes for Doctor Who. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's still got at least two more big projects coming out. The Anansi Brothers, uh, which I think uh, Amazon got a hold of. And then I want to say the Graveyard Book is is at least in like the planning stages. And if you, I, I, ladies and gentlemen, if, if you have any time, I highly recommend that you actually look um, uh, up the um, the story behind the Graveyard Book. I think it's called Graveyard Book. I'll be, yeah, I think it's, yeah. Um, because he actually wrote it at different parts of his, his life. Yeah, he has a book, the Graveyard Book. Yeah, I know, I know he's got a book. The movie is, I think it's a movie. Or maybe it's a series. I don't know. No, I think it's a movie. Um, he wrote this. That book was written over a long ass time because he didn't feel that he was at the right place in his life in order to have enough experience to correctly write that portion of the book. Yeah, basically the graveyard book is the story of a boy whose parents are killed and who is adopted by the occupants of a graveyard. 
and raised by them. Hmm. And it's a really good story. He's got a lot of books. Yes, he has a lot of books. And they're all phenomenal. Well, I read two of them. American Gods and something else that I'm having a blank on. I did uh, the Norse Gods, American Gods, the Graveyard book, the Anansi Brothers, and I'm sure some other ones as well. I'm sure every I'm, I'm sure there's a ton of people who are who are tuned in right now that are huge gaming fans as well. I'll be very interested to see, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, if you have the ability to put it in the chat, what your thoughts on Sandman, without giving away too many spoilers. No spoilers, sir. Kazelius will eventually get around to it. It's on my list. It's there. It's waiting. Zelius's list is a. Uh, is an enigma in itself. Well, it's a combination between video games and actually watching TV and, you know, having to choose between the two. It's a difficult decision in life sometimes. Mm -hmm. Anyways, speaking of authors that have a ton of titles or recognizable titles underneath their belt, let's talk about the fact that... um, the rights to the films, games, merchandise, and theme parks based on J.R.R. Tolkien, Lord of the Rings, and Hobbit, and The Hobbit, have now changed hands, and they are now owned by the Embracer Group, a uh, an acquisition hungry um, Swedish gaming conglomerate. Um, they have been, I mean, they've been snatching things up left and right. They've snatched up, as of late, they've snatched up limited run games, which is the publisher of uh, physical editions of games. Tripwire Interactive, which is actually here in Atlanta, Georgia, by the way, just in case you wonder where we're broadcasting from. Uh, Tripwire Interactive, the uh, the developer uh, behind the game series The Killing Floor. Um Sing Tricks, which is the company that creates vocal effects technology for karaoke and gaming. Tuxedo Labs, which is the developer uh, of the game called Teardown. And apparently there's a sixth acquisition that is still yet to be named. Um, But with this acquisition, there are several caveats. Um, The first is the publishing rights to the books themselves were not included in this deal. Uh, they are still remain with the Tolkien estate and uh, the publisher uh, Harper Collins. The other books, the uh, some, I'm never, I can never pronounce Similarian. this one. Yep, that one, and the unfinished tales of Numer- Numenor and Middle Earth. Uh, those are still also Tolkien estate and Harper Collins. However, uh, Embracer. Uh, group has come out and said that they own the matching rights to this thing, which basically means that they have the right to match any offer the owners may get from elsewhere. So if some other company comes in and goes, "Hey, I want to do some, I want to do something, uh, some publishing of the Lord of the Rings," and Bra- and here's I don't know, fifty million dollars, a brace are going to be like. We'll give you fifty-one million, and we we get it. So, what does that do for like the TV rights? Because obviously, you have like Lord of the Rings coming out on um, Netflix. Aha! So, 
TV rights are another uh, exclusion. Okay. The rights to produce a TV series longer than eight episodes was uh, was a deal that was made between the Tolkien Estate um, back in in the nineteen seventies. So um, Amazon uh, bought those rights uh, in twenty seventeen. So that's so they're still good. However, they have once again. I mean, Embracers once again already come out and said, "Well, that's correct." However, we are like financial backers in a lot of the upcoming stuff as well. So I don't know if it's anything with the video games because obviously you have like Lotro, Lord of the Rings Online, which has been out for a decade, I think. Um, That's Turbine. Yeah, and then just a plethora of other games. And then there's like, another yeah. Lord of the Rings Online, or Lord of the Online, uh, Lord of the Rings MMO, or something like that. Um, I'm not sure. Like, <sighs> I thought it was all the same Lotro. No, it's not. Oh, it's two hmm. separate things. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, they've also, here's the other thing. They also bought the, um, the tabletop game publisher Asmodee, uh, which has been making Lord of the Rings licensed titles for decades. So I'm not like th- what they've done is crazy. They've also, they also own, now own uh, dark horse comics and square Enix's West Western gaming studio which means that they also have rights to Tomb Raider. Which I don't know if that what that means for the movie rights for Tomb Raider. But I really like the reboot from Tomb Raider. Oh, I so do I. It was good. I, well, I like the reboot of the the game Tomb Raider and I also like the Tomb Raider movie that came out. The whole trilogy was really good. Yes. But man, these guys have been active as hell. They wanted all oh. Well, the, the surprise was that a lot of people thought Amazon was going to be the fourth, the, the was going to win this this entire deal, and then this Swedish company comes out of nowhere. They haven't actually listed um, the amount, but it's got to be astronomical. Well, I was wondering because Tolkien Estate's always been very reluctant to give up the rights. Okay, so, so wonder- th- this deal isn't actually with Tolkien. This deal is with another. Uh, company, a, a, a middleman company who actually had all of these game rights previous to Embrace em, Embracer. Oh. Just to make it even more complicated for you. It's a wonderful world of who owns what nowadays. Yes. It's either um, Amazon, Microsoft, Sony, Disney, uh, Disney, Tencent, and now apparently Embracer Group at the route they're going. And of course, Ubisoft. Ubisoft's got a shit ton of studios underneath them too. Speaking of Nintendo, Nintendo is unfortunately in the news for a bad reason, and that is because they have a bunch of sexual harassment lawsuits that have just cropped up. Or allegations, I should say. Um, apparently one of the examples is they're... In one of the, I think, Microsoft team chat rooms, which usually they're, you know, light and funny and, oh, that's cute, uh, have became very sexualized and 
a lot of people did not feel safe in that environment anymore. Yeah, it's probably not a good idea. Yes. But that brings us to the next story, which has nothing to do with video games, but I still have to bring it up. And that is that for those out there who, who may know of something called the NFL, there is a certain player who's been in the crosshairs uh, since summer, and that his in, that individual's name is Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson um, had 24 sexual misconduct suits, um, <laughs> all with uh, involving uh, massage parlors. Um, and, of course, he settled almost every single one of them. Uh, a judge that was chosen by the NFL gave him a six-game suspension. The NFL then uh, appealed that to lengthen that extension or that um, suspension, I should say. Uh, and it has finally come out with the results, and that is 11-game suspension with a $5 million fine to be paid. Now, to be clear, that $5 million fine, um, just, just – you know, just a little FYI. Um, he had a signing bonus when he signed with the Cleveland Browns uh, this summer of forty, almost $45 million. So that $5 million fine is not going to hurt him. If you are a sexual predator, you should be kicked the fuck out <laughs> of whatever place you are. And, um, no, I totally agree. I mean, you even had the original documents from the original judge who gave six games. Yep. It made it very clear that he was – what he was doing was not right. Yeah. Yet somehow was at six games. Um, I mean, the crazy thing about this is basically the large majority of fans are like, wow, this is crazy. It's only 11 games. Yep. All the NFL really had to do was push for a year-long lawsuit, or sorry, year-long ban. And even if, let's just say, an arbitration, because that happens, it gets reduced to 11 or 12 games, the NFL could still be like, well, we tried. So at least from a PR perspective, like the NFL totally screwed this up, in my opinion. Agreed. Because they could easily just push for the year-long or indefinite, and if it got reduced, they can wash their hands of it, basically. But instead, by agreeing, because it was basically it was the agreement between the NFL and Deshaun Watson, now the NFL is basically saying, yeah, basically 24 suits is basically equals 11 games. Um, so you're better off, really, um, sexually harassing 24 massage ballers than you are smoking weed. It was basically or betting $150 on one game. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty damn crazy. Um, and the thing that gets me too is the precedent of previous NFL players who weren't even found guilty, same kind of situation where their allegations of sexual misconduct would get like six or four games for like one allegation. Yeah. I think, I yet, think the, the, yeah. the thought was that it was going to be the, the rumor early on was that it was going to be three games per allegation. Well, that was never gonna happen. <laughs> no, I know that was never gonna happen. That was that would have been two carry your one 
72 games. <laughs> that was, I mean, it, the season is 17 games long now, but still. But you know what? To be honest with you, I'd be totally down for 72 game suspension. Yeah, I mean, it's the situation where, like, I mean, I think we all know where any job you're in, unless you're the CEO of EA, um, you'd be fired tomorrow for anything like this happening. And probably go to jail for that matter. No, not CEO uh, of EA, CEO, CEO of Activision. Sorry, Activision, yes. Um, we would all be fired for that. And rightfully so, by the way. Um, I mean, obviously creating an unwelcome and unsafe workplace you think about it, like you have all these video game companies who have allegations of special misconduct and they're all coming out and be like, we're doing X, Y, and Z to try to mitigate and resolve these issues. Um, whereas the NFL is basically like they want to just sweep it under the rug. Yep. I think we all acknowledge. And you have certain teams in the NFL, like the commanders, who are known to have a CEO of the team who creates a unsafe workplace and yet he's still in the job and nothing happens to him. Um, I mean, the NFL and really more sports leagues for that matter are the very definition of if you have the money because you're an owner and if you have the talent, you'll stay in the league. I mean, if this was a, you know, person on the fringes of making the team, he would have been cut tomorrow. Let's, let's also a, point out that, uh, that, um, well, this wasn't actually a uh, suspension, but to show um, societal um, issues and making a statement, he uh, another individual who ne who never sexually assaulted anyone has been out of the NFL basically permanently because he took a knee. Mm. And you got this guy who wants a happy ending with every massage. And he still says, I did nothing wrong. Yeah. He's like, and I paid them he, extra. No, that's not how it works. apology is the definition of, I'm sorry that they felt that way, but I still did nothing wrong. No, it's, so it's, no, no, it's not that he did anything wrong. It's, I'm Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I'm famous. I'm, I'm the man. I do what I want. And people should understand that. Well, you also know, I mean, the reality is if 24 people came forward with allegations, mm -hmm. You know there were more than that. Like that's just plain statistics. Yeah. Where whatever you have, that's only a fraction of what really happened. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of um, speaking of of the wonderful Activision CEO Bobby Kotick, he has also gone back on record and said he still has no idea what anyone's talking about when it comes to sex the sexual misconducts that are happening within his own company. Great, awesome. One thing I do really hope so I don't know if you saw at the preseason game with the uh Browns is the fans were all chanting you sick fuck. <laughs> I love and, it. And that was like at a like preseason game with like a random team who really doesn't care about the Browns. So I'm really hoping some of the games, like against, like for instance, like the Steelers, who really hate the Browns. Yeah, well, and and also with Big Ben now being retired. Well, Big Ben wasn't exactly a saint himself. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If they were, if they were screaming, oh, "You yeah, sick fuck!" while with Big Ben on the sideline, you're like, "Oh, kettle yeah. black, my friend, kettle black." That's fair. Um, yeah, so I I hope he gets the treatment of. Uh, 
because I guess kind of the analogy I would kind of make in a way um, was obviously the other big hope profile you had a couple years ago was Mike Vick, who, you know, went to jail for dogfighting. Uh, I would say the difference, in my opinion, would be is Mike Vick also, in the end, he admitted full culpability. And he also and went then, to jail. Well, he went to jail and he also showed remorse. Yeah, I like, know. It was very obvious, like, wow, I really screwed up and what I did was wrong. And he's become a activist in terms of like, basically I screwed up. Um, and he admitted that he did wrong, stupid, dumb things, which everybody knows he did, but he also showed remorse in recidivism. The opposite of recidivism actually. Um, is he, you know, paid his due for that. Whereas Watson is still shows zero remorse from what he actually did. I also want, I do want to point out, just in case you're wondering, uh, in the state of Georgia, um, a single sexual assault case, if you're found guilty in the court, uh, is a pri- get, includes a prison term between 1 to 20 years. So, 24, <laughs> and it's an 11-game fine, or 11-game suspension of $5 million fine. Yep. I mean, it comes, I mean, it's the good old story of, you know, you're, you have the money and resources to get your way out of situations that the rest of us would not be able to get out of. I mean, I mean, look at what happened with Ray Rice is remember with Ray Rice and we're talking seven, eight years ago, I'm guessing off the top of my head, um, where the, you know, the allegations of him pushing his girlfriend Pushing, punching. Punching or pushing. Cole caught her in the face. Yeah, but remember, though, that was the allegation, though. Initially, he was like, I don't remember the exact details, but he was suspended for like a game or two. It wasn't until the video actually came out that he was then blackballed from the league. And so that's the kind of case here where unless there's actual. He was suspended for two games. The two games, unless there's that visceral evidence that we can see, it's just swept under the rug. Is what it comes down to. Okay, let's change. Let's slightly change the topic here. Let's talk about the fact that a classic game from the NFL, about the NFL is coming back. Um, thanks to Arcade One Up. Um, Mutant NFL. Yeah, uh, no NFL Blitz. Ooh, that was a fun game. That was so much fun. However, okay, part part of, for those out there who may not have ever played NFL Blitz, it was basically this over-the-top uh, version of football where you're trying to just absolutely massacre the other team. But I guess in order for the NFL to sign off on a new NFL Blitz, Divert this game has to follow the new NFL guidelines and rules. What? Yeah. Which are? So basically, they they had to clean up the game uh, for modern sensibilities. Does that mean you can't like go around just like randomly tackling people? There is you can no longer do. Um, uh, what do you call it? Late hits. What? Yeah. Okay. Now I'm actually pissed off. I mean, 
I'm going to be totally honest with you. When I played NFL Blitz, what, what did I do? I took my heaviest dude, I ran around the offensive line, waited for the quarterback to hike the ball, and I beat the crap out of him. I mean, that was the fun part of that game is because, you, you you know, it was a great hot seat game with your friends, yeah. and you talk shit to them, and after the play, and you go around tackling each other because that was, like, the fun of the game. And it was obviously a far-fetched caricature of the game itself. It's kind of like, if you think about like NBA Jam, right? Half the fun of NBA Jam is pushing the other players. Yeah, shoving them out of the way. Yeah, that's like what you do. Obviously, in a real NBA game, you're not doing that. But same thing in NFL. At least, obviously, nowadays, you're not doing light hits where you're going around taking each other's heads off. Like, to me, like, this completely misses the mark of, obviously, this is aimed at all of the CTE issues of the NFL that are legitimate. But in my mind, like, this completely misses the mark of that being an issue in the first place. Like, this was a fun outlet of video games where it was obviously not a realistic game. Like, in a way, it would be a little bit different if it was, like, Madden, right? Yeah. Madden is made out to be a realistic NFL game, which is the reason I had never enjoyed it. I didn't like the realism. But, like, if you tackled somebody after the game, it would be a late hit penalty, which it should be because it was right. a realistic game. Right. It's, it's not an arcadey. Yeah. Whereas NFL Blitz is obviously an arcadey fake game where you're supposed to go around mulling each other. So, like, Yeah, that just pisses me off. Like it's it's misplaced. It's a it's a misplaced notion of acknowledging the issues of CT in the NFL without actually doing anything. Right. Oh, that just pisses me off. Now I want to go drink more. Oh, serious. Sub Nakamoto. Um. Yeah, I. It would be like, I mean. It, it's kind of like uh, finding your most bloody, you know, beat em up game and then removing the blood. And you mean like taking out the fatalities out of Mortal Kombat because in USC you can't actually kill each other in the arena. Therefore, we have to take out the fatalities to. Yeah, no fatalities. Well, that was. that. Wasn't that the original deal to get it onto like Nintendo Game Boy or, or the Nintendo systems was that they had to have at least the ability to toggle off the blood or yeah no so if, if you remember the original versions did not have blood but there was a kind of like up down up down left right left right like the there konami a, code yeah there was a the equivalent of the konami code they could do to enable blood for um mortal Kombat. i do remember that being a thing yeah so i think fatalities were always a thing they just weren't Bloody, unless you turned him on. Um, how was it? Um, oh my gosh, I cannot type. Uh, God, I, I miss having being able to do like you know the Konami code or, um, for Mega Man Three on the Nintendo, if you held down, I think it was left on the second controller while you played and you jumped into a hole, you basically were invincible the rest of the game or the rest of the level. Or who doesn't miss um, Game Genie? 
or Game, or game Shark. Shark. Yeah, that you can basically hack the game with. Yes. Now, let's we're 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 not, ladies and gentlemen. I do want to I want to go on record and say we are not talking about the hot coffee incident and and uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Okay, that was a that was a different type of uh, hack hidden thing. Zelis, you're looking at like you don't understand what the hot coffee thing was. I'm having a mind blank. It was the sex game that was hidden in in the code. If you had the PC version and you basic you you could like rewrite um one of the, the setting files and it would uh, enable it. <laughs> and so when you when the magic words would you want to come up for some coffee, uh, um you would then be introduced to a sex game uh, where you would have to do button combos. In order to win the sex, you had to have the right button combos? In order to do the sex well. I mean, I guess it's kind of To like get the bonuses. Your, you know, it's like using your fingers correctly in real life. <laughs> touche, sir. Touche. Touche. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to pause for just a second because there are some amazing individuals out there who help Alter Confusion uh, be the Alter Confusion that it is today. So without further ado, let's do some friends of the show. First off, let's go with the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. The col they collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-C-L-U-S-T-E-R.com. The next shout-out we have to do is to the highly successful... Um, amazing uh, individual known as Noodle Boy and his company, Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously Wat Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash noodleboymedia. The next one is for all those locals in the... Oh, and Zilius has left. That's okay. Um, the next one is for all those local in the Georgia, or I guess the Atlanta area, and that, of course, is Eurochiropractic. Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. The next shout-out we have to give is to the amazing individual who created both our intro and outro so without further ado ladies and gentlemen crosspad creative need a logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy or maybe you need music or audio for your content crosspad creative 
offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email Josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. And the final shout-out goes to Agile Axiom. By day, Axe leads both a development team and system administration team working with satellites at NASA's Goddard campus. But while not in meeting, and many times during, he is the Agile Evangelist Agile Axe, championing the philosophy of Agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in software development and leading Agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes, ineffective work, and bad habits. For more information, go to agileaxiom.com. That's A-G-I-L-E-A-X-I-O-M dot com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to po pause just real quick, just for the, the viewers who might be tuning in to, for, the, for the very first time. Uh, we do have an audio and video version of this after the show and all of our previous episodes. Um, on if For the podcast, you can go to basically any of your podcast uh, thing um, places. You can go to Podbean. You can go to uh, the iTunes podcast store. You can go to the Google equivalent. You can go to um, Pandora. You can go to Spotify. And of course, we post all of our videos on YouTube. Now, since we gave the f uh, friends of the show shout out, we also have to do some personal shout outs. And the first one, of course, the one that is closest and dearest to us, as always, ladies and gentlemen, Alter Confusion is proud to say that we have been fundraising for Extra Life for 11 straight years. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best, game, to help sick and injured children at their children chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to Children's Healthcare Atlanta as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Alter Confusion. And speaking of Extra Life, thank you to the anonymous donor who donated $80 today um, because it was in the month of August. I get, uh, Ultra Confusion now has a cool, uh, I think it's like a dice rolling uh, container. Ooh, so thank nice. you for that. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are curious as to how to become a friend of the show or you want to support Alter Confusion, we're happy to tell you that we have a Patreon. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, demigods, interdimensional beings, gods, demons, aliens, supporters, and more to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, a community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative creative career we currently have two count them one two tiers we have the one dollar tier which is one dollar a month or twelve dollars a year and what that will get you is early access to all of the playthroughs as well as the ability to partake in patron only posts and polls if you want to pump it up to the $5 a month or $60 a year tier, not only do you get everything at the $1 tier, but you also gain your name or organization 
uh, in every single thank you section of the Thursday night hangout. So if you are interested in becoming a patron of Alter Confusion, go to patreon.com slash Alter Confusion. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Alter Confusion. Alter Confusion is all one word. Just now, one word? Huh? Just one word, that's all? Just one word. Ladies and gentlemen, I know that not everyone wants to give us uh, financial support, but perhaps you want something. You want to give something to Alter Confusion for us to showcase on our show. Uh, many people have done it in the past, and I highly recommend that you do it as well if you have something that you would like for us to showcase. In order to for us to showcase something, you need to mail it to us. And in order to mail it to us, you need to know our mailing address. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you what the mailing address is. Our mailing address is... 155 Dunwoody, sorry, 1551 Dunwoody, that's D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y, Village Parkway. This next part is super duper 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 important. Number 88276. That 88276 is the actual P.O. Box number. If you do not put it there, it will not get to us and it will be returned to you within three to five business days. The city, once again, is Dunwoody, that's D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y, State is Georgia. Zip code is 30338. All right. Now let's jump back into the stories. Oh, my goodness gracious. Let's jump right back into the stories. And the, the story that I want to talk about is this amazing individual who is utilizing Tinder to help sell uh, the game. Um, I think it's called Nair uh, Automata. Uh, and what she's doing is she basically starts chit-chatting all these pe- these guys up. Uh, she apparently has done, uh, at last count, 22 guys successfully. She's gotten 22 guys to buy this game. She's she's talked it up. Be like, oh my God, it's an amazing game. You should play it. I love it. And then they buy the game, and then she ghosts them. She doesn't talk to them anymore. And she hopes that they enjoy the game in the end. Wait, is this like... The Nero Automata, or is this like a random version? No, no, of it's the it's it's the version. So that's like her thing, is she tries to get people to play what's already a great game. Yeah, they're like, have you ever played the game? No, you know it's one of my favorites. Oh my gosh, I love talking about it. Then I should get it. Yeah, you probably should. Sweet, I got it. Crickets. That's really bizarre or no she gives like an affiliate code or something like an amazon affiliate code to purchase it with is she can make some money <laughs> see i don't know like we would as as if you were the developer would you want to associate with that or not i mean it's ingenuity and it's good entrepreneurship if it actually got her something out of it i guess that, that uh, would make her want to do more i guess i guess i've not heard that i've Never come across that. Um, I guess I've not encountered the uh, this person on you know Tinder and whatnot because I've definitely never had a lady try to sell me on playing a video game. I said brilliant to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know there's, what there's it, worse things that you? someone could get you to buy and then ghost you, I guess. Such as um you buy into one of those like uh pyramid scheme stuff or those those basically all that those tchotchkes at the um the kiosks in the mall yeah i know your girlfriend will love yes 
I, I will fully admit I got I got caught on one of those many many years ago. I did have a cutco lady come over once as a friend as a favor to a friend. Yep, never doing that again. My mom still has all her cutco knives. Nice. One of a longtime friend uh, was the cutco uh, sales rep. So, yeah. No, like hard pressure sales just make me like want to say no even more. It's spooky. It's scary. I mean, they get very into their knives. I mean, they take it yes, very yes, seriously. Yes, they, they, it's like the next coming of, I don't want to say Jesus, but <laughs> basically. It's, it's, you know, it, some people have, you know, Jesus guns babies. Some people have Jesus cutco knives babies. Well, it's more like Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Anyways, no, I. It's impressive. At, at least twenty-two. At, at least twenty-two guys. She suckered into doing that and then ghosted them all. That's but that's where did the they get this impressive number from? Like, did she self-report this, or was this like a guy's like support group? No, no, she like, she she in. went on Twitter and basically said, "Hey guys, uh, I can't stay silent on this anymore. I've got to tell you." this awesome thing I've been doing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I do, uh, so I do have an update on a story, uh, that we did a couple weeks ago. And that was the fact that, um, the remake for, uh, KOTOR was, uh, indefinitely delayed because they lost the developer. Now, more information has come out about that, and apparently the developer, um, when they sh when they showcased uh, a demo to Lucasfilm and Sony, that demo was received extremely poorly. Uh, mm -hmm. And so they, of course, are no longer, and, and unfortunately, this was supposed to be released this year. Now, that being said, there is an update to the story. There is now a new developer attached to this remake. And they do have some, it's not a random game out there. Um, uh, I mean, it's not a random studio that, that you know, hasn't done anything. Uh, the name of the studio that is now attached to it is called Saber Interactive. Um, Saber Interactive most recent release was Evil Dead the Game, um, which, I mean, at least they got something out. I've heard that it's had mixed reviews. I haven't actually played the game. Uh, but with this studio being put on the project, they're now kind of aiming for, I believe, the 2020, was it 2025 window? Good Lord. Well, I mean, they they basically have to scrap a lot of the stuff. If it was received so poorly with LucasArts and Sony, once well, again, I swear to God, if they touch the, the damn game mechanics, I'm going to punch someone. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. All I want are my good remakes. Good remakes. I just want to play the same games over and over for the next 10 to 20 years. And it's just better and better graphics every 20 years. Is that too much to ask? Look, okay. The, 
I'm I'm usually scared of remakes in general. However, having played Final Fantasy VII Remake, which was phenomenal because not only, I mean, they didn't just like remake the entire game. They're doing it in three sections. It's going to be a trilogy. Uh, they've, I mean, they really like, not only did they upgrade the, gra- update the graphics, but they also really fleshed out the story and added a bunch of stuff, uh, which was amazing. And then of course, I'm still waiting for the Alan Wake remake. Um, and the Dead Space remake. Damn it, I'm waiting for a lot of remakes. With Dead Space, leave the fucking lights off. That's all I have to say. Leave them in off. In your house, too. Huh? In your house. Well, yes. If I'm playing a spooky, scary game, all the lights are out. If you've ever seen me stream a spooky game, all the lights are out. I want the full scary experience. Uh, have you ever actually played a spooky slash horror game? There was there's a game on uh, that was on the Xbox called Condemned Criminal Origins. That game scared me so bad. I'm I'm in a one bedroom apartment in Orlando back then. I turned on every single fucking light when I went into a room because I was afraid someone was gonna bust out of the wall with like a piece of rebar with and concrete on the end and bash my head in. That's how sc- scared I got. That would have been a great night for an actual like criminal to try to break into your house. I don't know how I'd handle that. Like, I don't know. Is this person real or fake? I can't figure it out. I'm, I'm going to have to kill you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sucks to be you. Nah, but I... I yeah, I'm, I'm excited for uh, the Dead Space remake as long as they keep the lights off. Uh, the, the Alan Wake, actually, no, it's not an Alan Wake remake. I think it's the next Alan Wake, I think, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a sequel, which apparently their, their script is about, mm, I don't know, seven phone books thick now. So mm. it may never come out, but. Sounds like too much reading for me. Yes. Well, thankfully it's all spoken. Ah, I can listen well. Yes, same here. All right, so Zelius, you said that you've been you've been trying to decide if you want to Netflix it or you want to game it. So, what gaming are you doing? I've got really back into Guild Wars two for some reason. Well, let me rephrase that. I've beat the first third of Mass Effect one. Yep. So now I'm taking a break from that for a bit. Um, you you, you yeah. wait, but don't you want more Mako in your life? I'm sorry, I just had to stop. Like, okay, I'm done with the Mako for now. I can't do any more of this. I can only take so many planets of running around. The only thing that actually gets me through Mass Effect and the Mako mm-hmm. is every planet I'm on, I have to pull up the map to know where the resources are. Yeah. Because there's no way in bloody hell am I just randomly driving around a planet to figure out where am I supposed to go. Um, so I definitely have my two monitors where like one screen is my maps. So I know exactly where I'm going with the Mako. Um, yeah, it's, it's still terrible, but... Honestly, it's maybe not as bad as I remember. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, you know, keyboard and mouse master race versus the controller. Uh, it's still terrible, but yes, life goes on. Um, but yeah, I got heavily into Guild Wars 2. Again. I don't know why, but something about Guild Wars 2 has hooked me again. Uh, so I've been playing a lot of that lately. Uh, the combat just feels right. I just, 
there's something about the way that ArenaNet did the kind of action combat mm -hmm. with Guild Wars and the swapping of weapons and just the way the action skills work that work. I also like their the way they do the um, questing zones to me just clicks in my brain mm -hmm. because you basically have like the hearts, you got the little points of interest, you have the vistas. And it's such an easy and straightforward way of kind of being a completionist without being like absurd completionist. Like a good example, like take Final Fantasy 14, where inside of each zone, there's so many like inane and pointless quests, like the very definition of like fetch and retrieve or go kill 10 hogs, right? Yep. Stuff I just don't care about, so I'm not going to complete all that. Whereas it feels like being a completionist in the zone that you're questing in with Guild Wars 2 just kind of makes a logical progression of flow for the way I play video games. So, so for me, it's like a perfect kind of treadmill as far as that MMO style goes. Right. Um, and I just like the combat. The combat just feels good to me. Um, say another MMO I tried out, I mean, this is a couple... This is over a year ago. Was blessed unleash. Is that still up? It's still technically up. Yes. <laughs> technically. Technically yes. And the combats are somewhat alike, and that they're kind of action style. And there was always like the actual sequence of combos and stuff in blessed always felt good to me actually, but there's still something about the combat that felt off to me, and I never could quite put my finger on it. Until I was watching a video actually earlier today of Blessed Unleashed, I realized what it was. It's like when I play video games, I play them, especially against like unknown mobs to feel powerful, right? Where I just want to smash faces. And in Guild Wars 2, you pretty much smash faces with unnamed mobs. I mean, you see some veteran mobs or like, you know, the bosses. Obviously, those are harder. That's the way it's meant to be. But like 90% of the mobs you're facing. You just click a few buttons and they're dead. That's what I want. Whereas I realize with Blush Unleash, like you're kind of, they become bullet sponges. If you ever played like FPS, like first person shooters, we just have to like shoot the same mob over and over and it gets pointless. That's how I ended up feeling a Blessed Unleash, where like a lot of the enemies were kind of that bullet sponge of combos. So it just kind of lost that feeling of how I wanted to feel in my MMOs. I basically feel like I could smash your face in easily. Um, just to not have that same feeling with the enemy mobs and blessed. And plus, it was a dead game as far as the population. That didn't help. Um, so speaking yeah. of population, just to give you a heads oh, up. In yeah. August of 2021, the population, the average number of, of players yeah. uh, that were concurrently online uh, was... 40,000 players. For which game? For Blessed Unleash. So apparently there's... So I didn't know this. So apparently there's also Blessed Online, which I guess is for the mobile, but there's a... The mobile has been canned. They've stopped it. Oh, they did? Okay. Yep. So they canned the... But there's a new AAA version apparently being released or developed for Blessed that's going to be released on all basically devices simultaneously. It's the first in AAA, but it gets better. Apparently, they're going to have top of the like easy to access blockchain, blockchain, and NFTs readily available for the players to get in this new blessed game. 
By the way, if you're if like if hell no, this did they this game is still active, sort of, and currently there are 442 people playing. Blessed. Yeah. Four. Wow. I wonder what it is for Guild Wars, actually. Well, so Guild Wars 2 is tricky, though, because it's from ArenaNet. It's their own launcher, but they're also, for like, for their 10-year anniversary, they're um, releasing a um, Steam client. Really? Yep. So it will now. The trick is, though, is in most MMOs are this way, where if you have, like, a Guild Wars 2 ArenaNet launcher or character account whatever you want to call it that's not cross compatible with the steam launcher so like i can't take my character from arena net and bring that over to the steam version and log in with the same account basically okay so as of this past month july um on a daily basis six hundred thirty-six thousand players log in to guild wars 2 a day that sounds actually pretty damn healthy to me yeah um and now only go up with Steam, you would think. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, Final Fantasy fourteen is the same exact way, where I can't like if I actually if I want to play it on Steam, I'd have to purchase all the content all over again. And it's obviously because, like in this case, Square Enix and Arena, and if they're using their own launcher, yep. they get one hundred percent of that sweet income. Whereas if we do it through Steam. Steam takes 30% off the top. So I get why they do it mm -hmm. uh, because they want 100% of their cut, but it'd still be nice. But you still have cross-platform play, meaning like if you're a Steam player and a PC player, you'll still be on the same servers and all that shit. So it's not like they're dividing the base. Um, it's actually been a topic of conversation like Final Fantasy XIV because they just did Endwalker. And so it's like Yoshi, he's the lead developer who basically saved Final Fantasy XIV and quite possibly Square Enix. Um, will he do another MMO? Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it's kind of like you look at the longevity of World of Warcraft, for instance. Um, and then you look at what a clusterfuck that RuneScape 2, I don't even know what they actually called it was, where now they have like two tracks of RuneScape. Uh, yeah, they've so got guess, the original and two. So it's almost like, you know, the big MMOs have kind of figured out, like, instead of, you know, releasing, let's just say, World of Warcraft 2 or Final Fantasy 14 Part 2, whatever we're going to call it, um, it's easier, I don't know if easier is the right word, more profitable maybe is a better term, to just continue to iterate and improve on the current MMO because you already have such a strong user base where you're taking a massive chance by trying to release a second version of that MMO. I.e. Evercrack. Yeah. Um, now, some work, what like obviously Ever... Guild Wars 2 what, what is What is the actual name of it? Everquest. Everquest, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Ever, I know, Ever, I, I've called it Evercrack forever. So what the hell was the real name? So for those who don't, so when we, so... When Mr. Charlie and I were in college, we yep. started in 2001, EverQuest, EverCrack was like at its height of cocaine addiction. Where and people were making thousands of dollars on eBay because they were selling digital weapons via e eBay for real money. But the other thing you saw was, I don't know about you, Mr. Charlie, but yep. I remember like in the dorms, people would literally not leave their dorms for days on end yep. 
literally playing EverQuest the entire time. It was no exaggeration. No. Um, where they just, and that's where Evercrack got his, its nickname from because it was one of the first to really perfect that carrot in um, that carrot approach where yep. you want that very next big shiny mm-hmm. and it perfected that at the time. And it, I mean, I remember people dropping out of college. Hell, they didn't drop out of college. He just failed college because uh, he didn't go to class uh, because of EverQuest. That was definitely big. I remember I had a final. I bought a video game, Dungeon Siege. Mm-hmm. I gave the disc because at the time it wasn't downloadable. You actually had physical disc in like what? 2002. I actually gave it to a friend of mine. I was like, hey, you cannot give me these discs until after my finals. Because I know if I have this disc, I will just play this stupid video game and not study for my finals. I still don't think I should study for my finals, but it, was a, it seemed like a good time. I did. Um, Wait. But yeah, I, I'm enjoying finals, Guild Wars too. Study again. for finals? What? Yeah. yeah. Did you I ever play Guild Wars 2? Huh? Did you ever play Guild Wars 2? Yeah. I played one and two. I was, I played um, when the closed beta was out. And it was like a weekend special, dude. I played the entire time. Nice. Like well, I had my, my buddies were sleeping on my futon when they passed out from exhaustion, so they could get a couple hours and jump back on. I mean, it's free to play. I'm yeah, I'm yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, my current addiction is Uh-oh. once again uh, Legend Ruter. Oh, you got back into Legends of Runeterra? So, so I kind of did. I haven't, I haven't done the PvP stuff yet. What I've been doing is they've got like this adventure mode, hmm. where they you get a character. They basically give you a starting deck, which is a very small amount of cards, uh, and then as you progress through, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of like, um, like a tower climb, where you have a certain number of enemies you're going to go to, but then after each enemy, there's like a there's a potential for a branch, and that branch is going to be random. Sometimes it's a um, uh, a marketplace, sometimes it's a special hmm. ability, something like that. And um, as you progress, the enemies also get like special abilities and stuff. So you really got to, you know. It's interesting. Yeah. It sounds almost like a. Uh, like you've played those mobile games where it's like you're building your deck. It's not a yep. traditional deck builder game. No, it's it, it, still it, deck building in the sense that you get cards that you then add to your deck. It's kind of like if you if if you've ever played Slay the Spire, it's yeah. exactly like that. Okay, yeah. So it's a deck building in a way. Yeah, no, no, you're definitely building your deck as you go along, and then of course you get like three cards to choose from after you successfully defeat an yep. enemy, and those are random. And that's, that's, if you level up enough, you can get, um, um, they'll, is that they'll, on the, huh? Is that on the mobile version too? Yeah. Oh shit. The same, it's, it's the same, it's the exact same game on mobile and on, on the PC. Believe me, I've done both. I have, I have done, I, my addiction level has gotten back to the level, the level of, I will be playing on the PC, hmm. have to take a crap. And then switch over to the, my phone so I can keep going. You know what you need? You what? need a uh, Steam Deck. No. Jesus, no. <laughs> First of all, uh, Riot Games, I don't think, has anything on Steam. 
No, that's not true. Uh, well, well, you can install Windows on it. Uh, that is yeah. true. I forgot about that. Yeah. No, I'm good. All right. Well, you know what I really want is I want the Riot MMO. Which one? The upcoming one? Yeah. Well, by upcoming, I'm thinking like 2028, but we'll still. I just want uh, the second season of Arcane. Well, can yeah. we do that? And so I did watch a video. Have you heard a game called um, Ashes of Creation? No. So it's like the new big. So you know, there's always like an MMO killer, right? Like yep. WoW killer. I guess now it's kind of Final Fantasy 14 killer, but there's always like the next big MMO, whatever, right? I thought it was the um, tower thing. I thought that was the next big thing. The thing maybe. that's from like the Genshin Impact people. Oh, could be. The one I know about is Ashes of Creation. Because um, the big thing is it's like basically it has everything in an MMO. It's like, a fighting game and a shooter and a role-playing game all wrapped into one. Yeah. It always kind of scares me, though, when like newer MMOs try to do everything because they end up not doing anything well. Well, that's – I mean, that's – that's the fear of of like any media out there. If you have like, you know, some author decides to marry horror with romance and erotica with a um um an alternative history twist and they just they don't get one of it right or hell a lot of a lot of games that try to do um rhythm music and rhythm with like an RPG uh, element usually get one or the other totally wrong. Yeah. I apologize. If anyone's wondering why I keep putting my hand in my mouth, it's because my crown is loose again. No shit. Yeah. And I don't want to go in for a fourth time, so I'm just going to keep pushing it back to where it needs to be. I don't think that's going to work, yeah. Well, it's not like it's going to, it's not, it's just wiggling. It's not actually falling out. It's like, I'm, it's like, it's, I'm a child again. I'm going to lose my tooth. I'm going to put it under my pillow for the tooth fairy. And you know what happens to that child's tooth if you keep wiggling it? It falls out. Ah! I just put, I could just feel the suction pop back on. So. Dude, you're, the crown's going to fall out. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I, yeah, I'll get it fixed. Don't worry. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've reached the end of the show. Wait. What if I brought over some super glue? No, I don't think that I, that would be very bad. I'm pretty sure that's toxic. We could glue it to your gum because the gum is not coming out. No, what the hell? No, Zelius, no. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Alter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure giving everything to come to our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts will be back next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother.